This is First Nature on the Rising Man Podcast. Good day to you, Rising Man family. This is your host, Sean Berry, bringing you another installation of the First Nature segment right here on the Rising Man Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, So I've been on the road a lot. Drove all the way to the East Coast, back to the West Coast. Got to see a lot of friends, a lot of family. Um, but in particular, I stopped in to see my friends uh, Matt and Constance, who live out in a small town in the center of Utah, surrounded by red rocks and flowing rivers. And um, I wanted to sit and talk with them about uh, nature connection. Back in 2008, they bought a little 10-acre plot. Uh, it didn't even have a well on it. There was no utility on it. And... Uh, just by the, the blood, sweat, and I'm sure a lot of tears and money, um, they've been slowly building up a place for them to call home there. So they are up to a lot out there in their little community. And um, I thought it'd be great just to sit down with them and talk about, you know, this other side of the relationship with nature that, you know, if you are trying to live close to the land and live off of the land, um, that there's a lot of days where nature is uh, um, seemingly, uh, you know, my, my words, against you. I know Constance will not really like that, but <laughs> there's times where you're going to try to make something happen with the land and the land's going to resist it or not agree or uh, make you do it differently. And um, depending on what you're needing it, you know, how you're wanting it to work with you and what you're hoping it will uh, offer to, you know, provide with you and for you by working with it, um, it may just be a small thing that's, you know, a pain to deal with, or it could be something significant, something that might actually interfere with your sense of livelihood and vitality and, and able to, 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 you know, live in a way that feels comfortable and safe. Without further ado, uh, let's get into the conversation. See you on the other side. Just, just a little bit of a lead in here and just say that uh, we're sitting out here with Matt and Constance on their, uh, their uh, living project, rewilding, um, back to the lands, <laughs> all the ways we can express what you guys are up to. Uh, you guys have been out here, started out living in a tent out here, mm-hmm. and 16, later, 16 years later, there's a home you've built by your hands. Um, there's gardens. There's systems in place that are really in alignment with um, protecting the lands. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear just a little bit from each of you about first, you know, just a little bit about like where you were before this all happened, before you knew each other. And just what was your nature connection journey like at that point? Like when did you realize? that was something you felt like I really want to put my life more on that track. And um, so let's just start there. Like, how did it turn into a thing that, wow, nature is this thing I want to be in my life? Mm-hmm. When did that happen to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have really, yeah, I have a really potent story. Um, <clears throat> so I grew up in Buffalo, New York, or the suburbs of Buffalo, New York. And um, the day I graduated from college, I got in the truck and drove out to New Mexico 
like my family had never traveled. Like I didn't even know what was past the border of New York and um, just something following something, um, following a longing and ended up in New Mexico and, you know, oh, land of enchantment. And this is amazing. And, you know, was up at the top of the Sandia mountains and then went down into Albuquerque and was like, oh no, <laughs> you know, just like, oh no, this isn't what my, you know, what that longing was longing for and just really got depressed and was like, you know, just riding my bike for transportation and people trying to run me off the road and, mm. and all that. And I was working at the co-op there and, and there was one day I was just sitting, you know, in my position at the co-op and my friend, who was working in, you know, the bakery just comes over and she puts this brochure on my, on, on the deli counter. And it was for farm apprenticeships. And, and my heart just, and I like, I never, like I grew up in Buffalo. I had no idea like what a farm was or, you know, I knew what a farm was, but like, like I didn't even have an image of what this place could be. And, and I just like, quit my job, got back in the truck and drove up to Washington where this farm apprenticeship was, Mother Flight Farm. And I just remember getting out of the car and like I remember just where I was and just feeling my feet on the ground and looking around and feeling home. And I was like, you know, just such a like, oh, the longing got met, like just in that moment of like, oh, I'm home, this is home. And that was it. I was like, it just totally aligned with my soul and, you know, just never looked back, you know, never looked at the degree or, you know, all the work in college or anything. It was just like, here I am. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And it was, it was like, you know, just being with the plants, eating fresh food for, mm. <laughs> you know, it's like eating food that, I mean, literally there was, I had, I was living in this uh, trailer and there was this patch of arugula and blackberries and, and I would literally walk out of my uh, trailer. It was an airstream too. And, um, and I would, there, I remember one time getting on my hands and knees and eating the arugula, you know, just like so hungry for the freshness and the vitality and the taste. I'm like, no one told me food could taste mm. like this. You know, even if you're buying organic food in the co-op, which I was, it's where I worked. And I was like, I like tasted, you know, like food that's ripe, food that um, has nutrients and- Well, so it was still alive. It's still, like still alive. connected to the, the yeah. source. Yeah. Sounds like you were grazing. Like I was grazing, yeah. 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 That's grazing, so. And I like the immediate feeling yeah. of feeling at home, like you knew something like that. You said something yeah. like that the other day yeah. down in the desert. Mm -hmm. How is it I get to this place? I have no idea other than I feel so at yeah. home. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So was there a moment where you, or that you can think back to where, mm -hmm. I mean, you said like it just clicked, but at, at what point did you, figure out how how you're going to make this happen from that point forward you know did there was any inspiration or it just it was just sort of one day at a time it just was <laughs> just like you know you get into the farming culture and it just has its own community it has its own you know mm -hmm. um 
and there was just there was just no question it was like just it didn't feel hard or challenging it was like it just felt like this is what you do grow food mm -hmm. um there was a moment a few farms later because i was starting to do farms you know around the country and and there was a moment one day when i was in the greenhouse at this one farm and i had this vision of um all the shelves in the grocery store going bare and i was like and then i and then the continuation of that vision was oh and then people are going to come back to the organic farmers to learn how to farm mm -hmm. and and i was and i just in that moment i'm like i'm going to be one of those i'm going to be one who knows how to grow food and and then that turned into growing medicine as well and but it just yeah there was never like an effort or a question it was just your life my life yeah your so, calling yeah it was yeah. my calling so, great yeah so how how was it how that work for you i know we talked a little bit earlier about yeah. where yeah. you started in life right meanwhile on the west coast <laughs> <laughs> at the same uh, time yeah at the same time <laughs> having not met and not mm -hmm. having met for a long time till after that. Um, I, I grew up in San Francisco, right? And I mean, 1968 and the 70s is the whole burgeoning. I'm just giving like sort of an idea of the place of Silicon Valley going, but there's still some old mm -hmm. country style there. And uh, so it was pretty urban, you know, um, even though I grew up between San Francisco and Stanford University and so on, but I was in the Bay Area, right? And there's so much going on there. Fortunately, summers we spent in the Sierras, and I think that's what probably uh, took my spirit at a young age without understanding what was going on. But being up there on a lake with, in a small cabin for a month every summer um, without being able to describe it back then, but sensing the mountains watching me, me watching the mountains, like I think part of me just soared and felt like you said, at home in those places. Mm -hmm. And that was repeated every year, right? And so even, um, so my first touch in with nature wasn't uh, the same as Constance. It was more about some this wilderness or this wildness or this thing outside of societies I never felt that comfortable with, even within my family unit or within, you know, um, social situations and so on. And that built up over time, that relationship with, desolation wilderness in particular and so in my teens I was hiking up there in the summers and um, I think all I wanted to do back in those days was I felt compelled to explore and without again without being able to name it back then there was some sort of language and some sort of mm, presence that uh, I felt at home with that I understood out there and that compelled me like a longing, like consciousness longing to keep going towards it, mm. even though I couldn't name it. And honestly, it didn't feel normal. <laughs> but I mean, when I compared to how come no one else was having this experience, but I felt, um, mm. what's the word, like uh, um, that it was part of, it was part of who I was. Uh -huh. And um, that continued. Um, up, you know, through my teens into my 20s into studying geology into um, becoming a mapper and a surveyor um, because I wanted to be out on the land understanding the terrain. And um, yeah, so that that's sort of my original, you know, light switch, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. 
Okay. Bad pun for. <laughs> yeah. So, so both those stories are pretty. Um, you know, have happy beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd love to hear before we move forward to when you guys met. I'd love to hear if there was a time you experienced when you were solo about where there was like a confrontation with nature, like especially as a farming or working out. You know, on the land so much. What you were doing that, um, where. It felt like, oh, maybe nature doesn't have my back, or mm -hmm. I, you know, where did where was the first time you sort of experienced that um, sort of that dropout of connectivity, mm -hmm. if ever? I mean, maybe, maybe it hasn't been that way, but yeah. just the time where it just felt like, why, mm. <laughs> why did that happen? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the thing about you know farming or gardening is like you you are in relationship with nature and um and so that relationship has to uh move out far enough to like really understanding and accepting gaia you know and that when i see you know the wind <laughs> the 90 mile an hour wind or i see the hail or you know any of the big movements of nature i i try to stay really curious about um her like what you know and especially now recently it's like really curious about um her immune system you know and mm -hmm. if i stop naming it even weather and really look at like what she needs to do like what her immune system is doing so she can survive and thrive um i'm just in awe like i leave a lot of room for that mm. you know mm. and um so i don't take it personally and i don't it's kind of amazing the uh muscle or the resiliency that happens you know because i mean you can get your whole garden wiped out with hail and you still pick up and do it again mm. you know and and I think, and I feel that in the culture here in the town that we live in too, it's like we, we, um, there've been times where I've lost my whole garden and I have bags of produce showing up from other people who didn't, you know, because we have such isolated little zones here. But, um, so I never, I don't, yeah, I don't take it personally. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not the prevailing attitude out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have a lot of respect and awe and I just care about, you know, this planet so much that I'm like, if this is what you need to do, you know, mm. I'll I'll be humble and adapt and do my best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 How about you? I think I'm similar, you know, it's hard when I look back, it's not, I mean, certainly in my more cavalier youth and doing long solos out in the wilderness and so on, there are times where I was very scared, you know, like a big storm rolls in, um, but nothing bad ever happened, right? And so I think over time, when we were talking about this word earlier, it's like by spending so much time out in nature, there's part of you that submits to its power mm -hmm. and there's a, a real reality and understanding that um you know as gary snyder says nature bats last and that and it, it, it's humbling on some level 
And I think that, you know, I, I, it's hard, I can't name one thing, but certainly there are times where I would curse the gods, you know, like, oh, how am I going to get out of this situation? Or, um, you know, my tent just got shredded by a windstorm, you know, or this or that. Uh, but like Constance says, the only thing you can do is adapt. There, mm. there is no other room to handle. So I, you know, when I, when I, when I look at that over time, it's like just time spent in nature or in perhaps dedication to nature slowly like brings you to, or bring, brought me to, um, the evidence of reality like this is what's true I, and i can't have it any other way mm, mm, right and yeah. i think that carries into our story even now right yeah mm -hmm. yeah well just before we move more into that um is, was there ever a time where you felt you had you've been initiated where nature was like okay <laughs> let's see let's see if you're really you know let's see if you're really in for the long haul like you feel like you're ever, you were ever tested in a way or you know like um, or came through something with a deeper, like, okay, this is it. I'm fully in. There's, there's no out for me. Yeah. The, um, when I, when I, you know, think of initiation and being here, it hasn't been from, uh, nature. It's, um, the empathy I have for the earth and the pain, you know, around witnessing our, culture or you know um and so there's definitely been like like yeah deep deep initiation from um how to actually be in relationship with how much i love and the greater you know stories that are going on out there and one of those initiations sent me into a three-month silent retreat and um, really shifted um, the energy that I, you know, because so much of my energy over the um, decades has been around, like, just this urgency around, you know, trying to save, save the planet or, you know. Um, and it was, com it was coming from this place of almost like fight energy, you know, like just being in there and, you know, showing up with this fight energy. And it was, I mean, it was literally killing me. And <clears throat> by the time I went into the three month silent retreat, it was because I was, felt like I was about to have a heart attack. I had so much pain in my heart. And, and in that space, um, thing came through and really shifted my perspective and um, capacity to teach from love and um, to teach from that great love. And um, so I guess in a way it could be nature initiating, you know, me because she opened the door and I saw something and that door never closed again. It's, you know, the last 10 years, it's where I've taught from, it's where I move through the world from it's again connected to this greater perspective this dying perspective and and that and so um yeah it's a little yeah tidbit <laughs> no i like that I like that yeah, it's an yeah. interesting perspective yeah well, getting in yeah mm -hmm. okay you 
Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, mm-hmm. uh, when I cast back, it's similar too. So, bef- I mean, I suppose like everyone in the world, regardless of my relationship with nature, I was dealing with personal familial issues and all the, the that sort of human thing to work through. But, um, and so when things were breaking down, where would I go? I would go out to nature because I didn't know where else to go. Um, I'd go lie by a river and hope that that would help mm. move, thaw something, you know? And so as far as initiation goes and sort of ripening in a way, um, you know, as, as that actually worked, as, as I started to wake up, then life became really painful. Uh, the thaw, right? Yeah, because I was yeah. so shielded and closed off. And when I was out in nature, it was good. But then what happened, like Constance is, is as I woke up, what happened is my sensitivity and empathy started to expand. And guess what? It didn't really expand for human culture. It expanded for nature in mm-hmm. a way first. Mm-hmm. And then, and I was in areas of old Montana, old frontier, old clear cuts, mm-hmm. old mining, old end. I didn't understand when I was walking through places that I was trying to pick up in a way the wounding of the land itself. And um, I mean, part of me thought I was crazy, right? Mm. And how do I express this to people? Another thing. And, you know, I, I read lots of literature because that was more the passive way of learning knowledge rather than vulnerably sharing it with another human. So over the years, I picked up the pieces and realized that perhaps what I was feeling was actually coming directly from the land and that um, I didn't really choose that or even want to feel that, but that was, that's definitely been a long line of initiation and there's much greater stories to it, but for right now that, you know, it was waking up that um, the land itself has a, um, you know, a, a presence and a feeling to it. And we as humans are, in conversation with that whether we know it or not mm. i think a lot of times we take it as maybe it's our own personal thing but it's both yeah in yeah. my experience right yeah. um i think the in many ways our own personal wounds twin with wounds in the land sometimes and there's this strange mysterious collaboration if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah i resonate with that i'm just reflecting when I asked you that question, I just, in my back, I was like, when was that for me? You know, and yeah. so I've struggled with like low level depression that sometimes it flared into more serious depression off and on for, you know, since I was a late teen. And, and for the longest time, you know, I went to therapy, I took drugs for a while for it, you know, and it just could never shake it. And I was just like, how am I going to do anything with my life? I can't get over this, you know. I'm, I'm never going to be able to be out there in the world if I got this thing going on. And it took a long time. Um, because I, I, it was such a long period, you know, I was so identified with it and it wasn't getting shook off. Right. It was a part of me that just feels like this kind of is who I am and I need to somehow find a way to embrace and accept that and find the gift in it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and to me, that's where a lot of my, just we were talking about imagination the other day and the power of imagination does is really just kind of going on these imaginary journeys of like, well, what, what is this connected to? <clears throat> and just in my own nature connection journey and getting more and more outside coming to Southern California was a huge revelation, you know, growing up in Michigan, which was a beautiful, but it's very, very similar. Wherever you go, it's like lakes, rivers and trees, you know, <laughs> but I, I get out here in the nineties and it was like mount, real mountains and the desert and the ocean and the, the big forest. And it was yeah. so just, you know, like intoxicating. And, um, 
So for me, it, I realized that what I, the pain I was feeling was like, you know, coming to the realization that if this, even the scientific realization that the stuff hanging off my bones, even my bones is the earth, you know, we're just, it's just a transference through the plants and animals we take in, right? Mm -hmm. Of earth becoming us. Mm -hmm. And that the, the depression was from feeling the pain of earth, you know, and just all the stuff that the ways that we mistreat it, mm. you know, and when I made that connection, that's, um, you know, I was able to then use that in a, a way that I could communicate more effectively with others around why it's important mm. to find right. right relationship, you know? And, um, so that's really helped me, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. How long ago was that for you? Um, I've kind of, I formalized it in 2014 when I, I did a marriage ceremony and I married the earth, oh, wow. you know, and really just okay. made these vows. And it was a really awesome opportunity to uh, be witnessed and, you know, what I was choosing to make my life about. And, um, so yeah, that's since then, so uh -huh. going almost 10 years now. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's kind of how it happened for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you guys met. Yes. Let's hear a little bit, just a little bit of how did that happen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to describe, right? No, it's, so I was, um, I was living in central New York and I was um, living on my friend's uh, 200 acres, you know, just creeks running through in the retreat center and she um, offered programs through Animus Valley Institute and I I already had a relationship with that area and, and we met and um, so I was living on her land and helping out with the programs and um, feeling like I finally found my place in New York, like, oh, I could be here, this is my place. And, and then here comes this program of dream work and Matt walks into my backyard. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, the very short version of that. Story. Yeah, pick up there. Different, meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, I had sort of, I was formally studying uh, spirit of place, relationship to land through a psychology, you know, and eco psychology, I guess you could say. And I was studying a particular place in New Mexico, and I was very curious how uh, places can sometimes dream through us. And so I went to this retreat with Lauren, where Constance was then living, to try and deepen my knowledge of this seemingly esoteric subject right mm. bringing this story in and same thing i walked in the door and i think constance and i there's like a recognition without mm. understanding you know and we, we we both had lives going in other places and it was still what do we do now right right and uh, this is a five-day retreat that seemed like went on forever and then we had to figure out how to navigate the lives we are in so with no guarantee so we could be together right right, right which took some time mm -hmm. yeah do is there a moment you guys remember where it was like you felt like okay we've this is the priority now we've, we've had the conversations where it needed to happen to be like okay we're doing it and we we know we're doing it and here we go yeah 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 yeah. Well, b before we go there, I want to say one thing <laughs> sure. about the week before I went to the retreat, I dreamt of, a, I was studying a petroglyph site, right? 
and I dreamt of a, a particular petroglyph on a rock that was, and the rock was by erosion was split in two, uh -huh. and it was a double helix, but in a square pattern, uh -huh. um, which is a, an old, old symbol. And uh, I dreamt that particular petroglyph on an alligator juniper tree, one stalk and two branches and half of the symbol uh -huh. on each tree. And when I first saw Constance, this I first noticed her necklace from New Zealand, and I was like, "Oh my!" So there's these also these synchronicities mm -hmm. that seem to pull us together in different ways too. Mm -hmm. So who knows where that mystery came from? But that was part, yeah. of, part of the. There was a lot going on that we couldn't explain. All right. Okay. <laughs> so back to your yeah. Question. So mm -hmm. where was that moment where it's like, okay, we're doing it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Having trouble answering that. Yeah. One. yeah well, I mean, I'd say there was sort of a mm -hmm. like, um, what do you call it? Like a severance phase. I mean, it was almost like an initiation, each oh, in our own that's what life. Was going and, on for me. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Those were the words coming up oh, for yeah. me. Initiate. Yeah. Had totally. So severance yeah. from the lives you were living. Right. Okay. But yeah. then again, a no guarantee, and and because yeah. of, I think we each really well held to our own truth again without guarantee even though we wanted what we wanted it it also mm -hmm. created trial for each of us mm -hmm. to you know um leave um or fully leave relationships we made we were in mm -hmm. you know and to like figure out well where are we going to land together all those things and is that the right way to even go you know and so we had a year of being on opposite ends of the country visiting a few times but really you know i think deep conversations letters what do i do with this mm. you know and what do i do in a way with this mess mm. <laughs> right you know right. it's like how do i deal with this yeah and, and, yeah. and i want this so bad and it seems impossible mm. right right and fuck you know <laughs> how how do you go forward you know yeah without pushing too hard without compromising your own ideals and truths with mm. doing things with a certain level of integrity not being rash <laughs> <laughs> all those things <laughs> don't be rash yeah. <laughs> we're not rash no but there was like matt said there was definitely this year of like really intense personal work and um but i think the thing that kind of was uh, there all along is that we we shared a language we shared like we met each other doing this deeper work mm -hmm. and that was um a lot you know to be able to share the language of soul and to share the language of you know the animus valley runs vision quests and and um courting what was that one courting the sacred other and mm -hmm. so there was you know just like so that i think was just right. really you know the thread that was running through that actually gave us a foundation to even know how to do that deeper work because yeah. something greater was being asked of us it was like it wasn't like oh we fell in love and then we you know it was like uh i'm in the fire you know mm, we were yeah. really mm. kind of there was a yeah but that deep it. framework i think held yeah. things and then yeah um oh there was also something else that came to mind there too mm. Uh, I'll, I'll come back to you. Yeah. So, yeah. how soon were you guys having conversations about the life, this lifestyle? Like, was was that clear to both of you when you met that you're both desiring to 
be closer to the land, live off the land. Yeah. Because yeah. I, oh, that's what I was going to say. And this feeds right <laughs> in because, because yeah. I think, you know, part of what we realized later through other frameworks is that we probably both met when we were both in our own underworlds and mm-hmm. it, in a way our, our relationship started in the dark, just like a seed in the ground. And we walked out of that underworld together because we had this framework of, you know, some mentors, some teachers, some friends, I think on the outside. And so that's to meet there and not up here and then find out about that stuff later is a very different way of entering the world. But I think that was a three or four year period for us that landed us here, right? (laughs) It was only three or four years. Yeah, (laughs) right. So, yeah, so when did we decide what we wanted was what we wanted? Yeah, I mean, we Matt was living in Montana at the time, and so we were pretty clear that we needed a a place that we both loved together, and, and we both loved the Southwest. And we ended up. I used to live in Patagonia, Arizona, and I contacted um, the people I used to live with, and um, they were getting ready to sell their land, and and wanted us to consider buying their land. It was gorgeous land, and mm-hmm. And there, like, just listening to that land and, like, being in this place that we didn't own it yet. We were just sitting there and listening, and we birthed a rewilding project even there. We had, like, you know, our sketchbook and Mm. everything out and just the rewilding project. And um, and just had, like, that was another seed of a vision and wondered where we were going to plant it and thought it was going to be there and and then we had a call to come here and so that's when we yeah so i want to dive yeah. into two, two pieces there so yeah. i'd love to hear more just the actual what is it you know when you say you're just listening to the land like mm. what was actually what are you actually doing like what's happening mm. with you yeah. know because everyone has a different understanding of what that may or may not be so that's yeah. and then the call yeah <laughs> like what was what is the yeah. call how do you know when the call comes for you guys and you know um because yeah. i feel like those are things you hear a lot yeah. you know and yeah these notes. kind of big adventures and i always i'm curious about like well what exactly happened on that day like you know right or just what is what are you actually doing like what is the physical you know act of listening to the land right for you? And so oh, i'd yeah. love to hear more about that yeah yeah well i mean I, and yeah. i think our first start was that we were looking for land um to try to settle into, I mean, part of Carol's place, right? And there was this, so on a physical level, you know, we were like entertaining the idea of what it'd be like to buy land and how do we settle in and all that sort of stuff with that, you know? But I think, I mean, it's cool because we come from really two different perspectives, right? I mean, Constance in a way was much more industrious and in alignment with the community than I was because I was the escapist wilderness sort of at that point thing trying to come into community but I didn't really understand what it was you know and so I we played off each other a lot like that and I think I don't know if that's true but I think part of my wilderness background allowed her to go out beyond the edges in some ways of just the farming and so Patagonia in itself was like talk about a hard place to create a living right off the land you're in sonoran desert right mm-hmm. so um but to our you know Constance's great strength she had the vision to once we created this idea of 
what is a rewilding project? We we're fascinated with the idea that they could create animal corridors from BC down all the way through the country. And so mm -hmm. this idea of rewilding and bringing back old migration routes, metaphorically, you know, connect, making sure waterways were connected. There's something in that mosaic and we wanted to, and I think that was a lot of how we started conceiving of, well, what can we do together? What does that look like with reaching people? And, um, but, you know, having that vision was one place we started. That was a nuts and bolts thing. Like you said, drawing it up, writing it up. And then from there, Constance said, well, let's figure out like permaculture, let's take this permaculture design course. Let's study uh, rainwater harvesting. Let's um, learn how to build naturally and start, you know, so all these pieces started coming to play in a way, I think, you knew it better than I did. We were educating ourselves in mm. that experience. Mm. Is that how you saw it? <laughs> yeah, no, I like listening to that. I just have trouble with the word industrious. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I, I just say more energy. <laughs> yeah. So what does listening I caught that right too. Like, did you? I was like, yes. I've never even heard him use that word. <laughs> um, but bees, yeah, anyways, um, listening. So the example for me, listening is creating a lot of space, you know, just creating a lot of space around this creating space. Um, and so the way the listening happened in Patagonia, well, there was the listening around the rewilding project, which was, I think, a lot of like heart and soul, like longing kind of vision. Mm -hmm. But then there was this. Um, when you talk about the call and the listening, this moment where Matt and I each got um, very ill. We were very sick and some virus or something. And so on, cool, yeah. yeah, on the land that we were on, there were, there were different options. You could stay in the trolley, you could stay in the yurt, you could just stay in the house bus. And so we were in different <laughs> locations. <laughs> we were so sick. And we were unable to even eat. It was like stomach virus. And Matt was in the trolley and I was in the yurt. And, <laughs> and, and in that place, I started hearing a call to go to Boulder. Like, you know, just like this. Utah. Yeah, Boulder, Utah. And, and um, I was like, and we had only passed through here once and it left an impression but it wasn't like I'm always thinking about and I was like huh and I went into the cottonwoods and started poaching the internet from this B&B across the street and started looking up like it was March and started looking up different I just started looking up Boulder and it was like um, different businesses that were looking for employees and so I was like huh she didn't tell me anything. Yeah, you know, I'm like I'm like emailing these. One was backcountry cook, and one was farmer over on the house backbone grill. And so I emailed these people, and they're like, "Yeah, come on down for an interview, or come on up for an interview." And and then we start feeling better. I'm like still carrying all this, you know, to myself. And I'm like, "Hey, Matt, let's go up to Boulder for my birthday." And uh, he's like, oh, "Okay." And so we like. Can I, I want to say one thing before you go there. <laughs> but, you know, back in Patagonia, what was yeah. happening was, um, like, that happens to everyone. What 
could have been easy was not trying to buy this land was out mm. of our means. We would have to yeah. go into debt to do we it. We were thinking mm. about getting professional uh, jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we we're thinking about getting professional jobs and then we yeah. got really sick. And so all these sort yeah. of signs were lining up, this, this ain't gonna happen. The right? community was really close. And yeah, you know, yeah, and then so we're, we felt we didn't feel safe in some ways because yeah. we were so close to the border and just it's, it's sketchier. Mm -hmm. It's a sketchier feeling down there with um, all the border issues that go on and, and some of the military bases and so on. So th there were real issues there and, and part of our dream was already falling apart, right? Mm -hmm. Oh no, it's not. And then so Constance had this inspiration, let's go up here for yeah. her birthday, but she was doing research behind the scenes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but you know, the synchronicities, so by the time we got here, I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't really care about those interviews. I just want to be present with the place. And we yeah. were down at this campground and this woman drives by and in my mind, I'm like, Sue? And then she backs up and she goes, Constance? And Matt's, Matt's looking and she's like, what is happening? And she was coming up for an interview and and we were offered these jobs. And she's like, yeah, you can have, you know, I would love for you to work with us, but you're not going to find a place to live, you know? And, and I was like, okay well let's see what we can do and and um and then we were like back to having this good time and we we're about to leave town and 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 by then i told matt everything and he goes well go look at you know that other that farming job and I, and grill. yeah house back one grill and i'm like at the window and i'm looking at their menu and like i'm vegetarian and i'm like looking at this buddhist restaurant and everything on the menu's neat and i'm like i don't i don't know and <laughs> Like and this woman opens the door and she goes. Yeah, I stayed in the yeah, car by the way. And I was like, just go do it. Yeah. <laughs> and and she's and I was like, yeah. And she goes, come on in for an interview. And, huh. and we're in there. And we're talking. And then Matt comes in. And, Fifteen minutes later, yeah. I'm sitting in the car. Going, <laughs> what is going on? So I yeah. Yeah. And, I impatiently went inside and. And then Blake. Blake like, sees me and she looks at Constance. That Blake's the owner. And she says. Constance and I have karma. <laughs> I sit down at the table. And she goes, uh, I'll give you a place to live if you work on the farm. Wow. And Matt said yes, and I kicked him. I was like, Because I wasn't a farmer at all. I knew nothing about farming. <laughs> He's like, but we have a place to live. And that was it. We drove down to Patagonia and hooked up the Airstream and parked it on the farm. Hauled it up here and then yeah. because we'd been set yeah. up to buy something beyond our means when land came up for sale here six months later we were set up and ready to go okay and so we were able to put it down and buy but we weren't here looking again. for land but we weren't looking at that point they before. invited yeah. us over yeah. to look at this land and we're like we're not looking for land and they're like well you have 10 days to decide and we're like oh, oh my gosh, gosh. Yeah. yeah so but, it's, yeah those we were just led we weren't making decisions. So it was like, and the land was like, you know. And, and I think that's yeah. the important piece, you know, for, for people out there too, is like, there's the intention and like a, a vision mm -hmm. statement or like a rewilding project that we'd, without really understanding what we were doing, just following a longing or a dream out, we'd put that into place and you expect it to happen a certain way. And it, but it doesn't, it happens in its own way. Mm -hmm. So we're both, following hunting something out and at the same time like being led mm -hmm. and so you can't say it was one or the other and so it's this this um very fluid way of um i think faith and trusting your way forward and you know what might be hurdles actually might be 
um, part it. of the important part of the journey to, to, you know, that's bigger than your own imagination can handle. So it's probably got more wisdom in it than we do. So we right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so looking, just reflecting back on that whole process now from hindsight, you know, and, and looking at the the story of it, you know, and connecting that to, you know, being called, you know, and, and this idea that, like, do you kind of hold it in the, the, the story that this place was calling to you and that, you know, in your own sort of, like, just emotional, spiritual landscape that, um, you know, did you feel that? Yeah, 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 and that goes back to initiation thing. It's like you feel the call, and you are there, and then the, the um, trials start to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like we we fell in love with our mountain, and there was this moment where I'm like, I do anything for this mountain, mm-hmm. and then she's like, Oh. I need your help. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh no. Eight, eight nine year battle. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so there, there's a, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a sense of um, it's both being called, but it's recognizing when you arrive and then it's sort of staking your ground. Mm-hmm. Right. Literally like making a yeah. stand. And yeah. that's, that was difficult to, at least personally for me having been more of a wanderer and even our lifestyle together until then had been wandering around you're looking for a place but then when that place shows up it's like oh no and oh yes at the same time great yeah well what's going to be asked of me and we, at, at that point we were i think we'd had enough experience in life separately and together to know that um, that uh, that's how it works <laughs> so we could recognize that mm-hmm. you know on some level that we have a responsibility if we're going to choose this place and, and make a stand, right? Yeah. And it's going to ask something of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great segue. <laughs> so what has it asked of you, right? <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. kind of go into that story of, so you get the piece of land, mm-hmm. show up, mm-hmm. there's nothing really here except for a well. No, no not even, not even a well. A well okay. no. <laughs> so it's this totally raw There was raw nothing land. here. Yeah. Yeah. Tumbleweeds and yeah. sand. So what was, you know, so once the, the reality beca- or the dream became the reality yeah. and day one boots on the ground, you know, how did you approach the, uh, mm. the logistical piece of like, we've got to carve out a way to live on here and also developing a relationship with the place. So it felt like there was a, you know, mm. an agreement that was happening where we're pretty, there's a uh, collaboration with the lands. Mm-hmm. Did you guys do... Did you do any ceremony in the land to mm. kind of like for the invitation or the, the, the ask and what was that like? And mm-hmm. and then just the, getting into the early stages of like the, the back and forth of like, we want to do this. The land is saying do this. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, I know yeah. the house site changed probably 42 times. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we had ceremony and the first thing we did is plant garlic. Well, first thing we did do well too. No, yeah. we planted the garlic because we were going to our neighbors and hauling water Uh so sort of like a survival situation food Uh water uh, long-term shelter doesn't matter when you have a tent and an airstream for a bit right right but yeah i mean i mean the most i think we moved in in the fall and so that's why garlic was planted and then 
we spend a lot of time stuffed in that tiny airstream in very cold weather over the winter too. Uh, okay. I thought there was something about vampires around here. Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why we punch it? Oh right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. yeah. No, but there, there was this. Yeah, there's just been different, different moments and stages, and there was one moment because um, you know this literally was an old corral and it was in the, in this land was completely uh, damaged. And, and, and so there was the rewilding project, you know, it's like, we need to actually, cause there's beautiful wild part down the hill and, and we could have built down there and ignored, you know, the damage up here, but everything in it was like, no, we're going to actually put our house in a place where you don't even have to remove a blade of grass, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. and then we're going to actually, you know, use, um, just what we have to, to bring, to support the land and coming back to wildness and health and vitality. And, and so, I mean, every single tree here we planted and, mm. um, we've lost a lot of trees. We have a lot of trees. We're growing a forest over here that, started with one tree and they just start spreading and um so it's been a real you know dance of that um right so much is that that thoughtful observation that you know comes from some of the per permaculture principles and there are certainly many ways design ways of how to manage land but none of them really worked we learned more from mm. what didn't work mm. you know and so, but, but yeah a lot more so but stage one was really for the rewilding yeah. project was really home base okay and then you know it's like then you realize you're living in a community and it's another nest of the nest right so there are people here and then there are places and in a way both were calling you know, as part of the, of a rewilding project. I don't know if we recognized it. I don't know if I recognized it back then, but you know, from, uh, we had to deal with, um, um, the, uh, fish and wildlife, um, point the part of that story that Constance was hinting at on the mountain was, um, poisoning the waterways in order to reintroduce certain fish. So the fish wow. management, and that was an eight or nine year battle that we fought in these waters that up on the mountain actually come into the town's irrigation systems and so on. So there's real threat there. So we were called to do that. We had to take that on and we did. And um, on another level, uh, because of some of our experience, we started men and women's councils in town just to deepen the conversation perhaps, or like um, at least, I, I don't even know, you know, what the intention was behind that, but it was something we felt called to do. Um, more recently, you know, I mean, Constance is involved with everything here from Tree City to, you know, it's like she sort of, you know, mothers the, the all the plant beings in town, you could say, and tries to teach, teach um, uh, you know, a more authentic relationship to nature. I, you know, entered the planning commission because I feel like part of my role as a rewilding project is also guardianship of the land. So I entered that strange, weird legal system battle to how do you plan for the future of a town like this with the community? Very, very difficult, but at the same time, some progress perhaps was made, you know? 
So there, there's so many different hats I feel like that we've played over the years. I never really looked back over it, but again, just to circle back, it starts with the foundation of what's happening right here at home and just, yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so it's you both arrive here now, you're building a life together. There's really nowhere to run. We only have one car. It yeah. doesn't work half the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, so running is literally. Talk about yeah. initiation. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, let's just talk a little bit about just like how, you know, I would imagine, again, just using the, the lens of initiation mm. and coming onto the landscape and, and just all the, the, just the blood and sweat and money required to like actually make this happen. And no, I'm imagining there were many times where the two of you realized you're missing each other on like how you wanted to, to, to go you know mm -hmm. conversations maybe difficult ones about like i want to do it this way i really think we should do it this way mm -hmm. um and the land wants it this way mm -hmm. so i'd love to hear just more about the partnership of taking on such a huge project and um <laughs> you know and visions of what it well yeah. what does it look like for re rewilding for you and what does rewilding look yeah. like for you and how did you guys sort of integrate and come to negotiate and compromise and also align you know, and how did the land, was there any sense of the land responding to those, mm -hmm. you know, energies that you guys were mm -hmm. in and out of, you know, mm -hmm. I'd love to hear some more about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you might say the same thing, but we have separate roles. Okay. And yeah. so we're very, <laughs> we don't really cross too much. Uh -huh. <laughs> we're sort of traditional that way. Well, yeah. and not uh, like, not even that it's traditional, like these are, you know, gender roles or anything but like i do i do the planting and do the land part and uh, matt takes care of you know building things that need to be built and doing the maintenance and um it works better if we don't cross over to <laughs> but i mean at the same time and then but there is crossover because yeah. you know it's like i i'll turn the soil in the garden i water a lot of the trees and so yeah. I have my own relationships that way, and Constance took care of all the interior plastering of the house with mm -hmm. natural clays. It's a, it's a straw bale house, and you know, really, um, you know, a lot, yeah. you know, as green as we can go, you know, yeah. um, given the conditions and so on. But yeah, yeah, and that might change in the future as the foundation, like all the stuff, is built. So now I'm just in a maintenance job, <laughs> and but it gives us more time, and I think we're teasing out like, well, what is where are our responsibilities how where do we need to work together or not mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but uh, i think it's giving each other a lot of space and respect for mm -hmm. what what we each know how to do and um you know mm -hmm. i mean we're not like every couple you know some couples probably work on things side by side all the time but i've we found that i think we go with our strengths and bring different people in for projects. I mean, I don't have a passion for plants like Constance does, and she doesn't have a passion for building like I do. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. is that something you had the foresight to establish before starting the project? Or did it kind mm -hmm. of come halfway through where you're like, you know what? <laughs> no. Yeah, and it hasn't come from contention. It's just like, yeah. oh, this is what I do. I, you know, do this, and mm -hmm. he does that. Oh, isn't this great? It's compatible, you know? And, yeah. And, um, so yeah, it hasn't come from contention as much as uh, like, wow, isn't this great that that we have our different 
passions and then the two passions together create a whole and and so it's been more like that yeah but, but i think we I, also give each other purpose in a way you yeah. know these constants has well you know i need this for the garden i need this bed here the the chickens need this for their run and that gives me you know where i'm mm -hmm. sitting here well what do i do next mm -hmm. it's like oh, okay here's here's i got plenty of projects yeah. but, but then they add to the whole and at yeah. the same time you know i i'm sure you know for you it's it's the same thing you know so it's like um you know i don't think you just grow food for yourself <laughs> so i think there's a trade-off there yeah that that were in a way it's like we're really in collaboration without having to um, uh, process it yeah. to death. Yeah. 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 I think that's, yeah. We... Yeah. What I imagine on yeah. some level, just in my own mind's eye, mm -hmm. because of what needs to be done in order for you to actually establish a life here, it's, it's, doesn't like there's not time to get into the nuances of like well you know like it's like mm -hmm. okay the sun's going down this has got to happen it's we right. got a plant this week you yeah. know so you know yeah. what we'll figure yeah. it out but we know yeah. that this is happening on these broad strokes you know he's yeah. got what piece and i think we're pretty decent about well you know nature has its own priority which trump trumps ours you know and so and when situations happen i think we're both pretty good about just adapting to that especially if it's something that needs to get done well got to do it right so. do you feel so using the uh you know the, the concept of rite of passage and just you know thinking of your life's choice to do life this way and going through all the uh, severance you know this, this there, i mean i feel like mm -hmm. there's uh, severances within severances right mm -hmm. and there's thresholds within thresholds and then there's incorporations within incorporations and where you are now is there a time where you felt like or is this do you feel like threshold time is still happening or do you feel like we've crossed through the gates uh we know there's there's a we've been received here on the land by the land we know our roles and duties is clear and what, who, how we're supposed to you know respond to this place and do what we do yeah yeah no it's there's a real different um, the, the word I've been using instead of re reincorporation that just seems to feel more of what I'm experiencing is this sense of embodiment mm. it's just like it just is you know and um, and so there's a grace and an ease to that that uh, is very just yeah like you can't can't plan that ahead of time you know it comes from um the experience and the you know the time listening and mm -hmm. the time yeah. being out you know and with nature alone in solitude and um and the yeah the experiences that come from that and so there's just this sense in my body now that like it's just it feels like embodiment yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and to take yeah. that word further, I think, mm -hmm. you know, we did originally conceive what we were doing here as like a long term project. You could call it incorporation, but of physically landing mm -hmm. on the earth after a trial. Mm -hmm. Right. And if we are, were able to succeed in some way in this, that 
um, hopefully not us, but it would be sort of a living example. And then people who visit here sense something that um, foundational that um, they might benefit from mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. these reincorporation isn't about just learning how to go back into society and play the game with your sort of secret um, transformed identity. It's about how to change that system, uh -huh. right? And bring it to a different level of understanding. And this is um, in many ways um, just, um, you know, I think what we're doing here might, may not be able to put exact words on it, but I think people sense living by example, right? Yeah. And it's small and it's humble. And I think that's the best we can do mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like down the road. Do you feel like there was a time where, over the course of the season or two, where it felt like the threshold time was over? Like mm -hmm. that, okay, we can actually lean into that. If, like we can actually rely on this land now without mm -hmm. worrying whether or not this is going to take, or does it still, I mean, I'm sure that's always a little bit of, of an edge, you know, because, yeah. you know, nature's doing its thing, but sort of a time of like, we're, you know, we're taking a gamble, right? And we're going to yeah. do our thing here and we're going to put everything into it, mm -hmm. roll the dice and just put it all on the line, build it all up. Mm -hmm. And then ideally you want to get to that place where, whew, okay, now we can just like do the thing, Yeah. you know? And I just wonder, did you, was there a time where it felt like that crossover happened or has it just been this very gradual, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it doesn't come from the mind. And mm -hmm. so it's the feeling mm -hmm. <laughs> in my body that has shifted over mm -hmm. time. And and so it's never been like uh, an agenda kind of energy. It's like, like you're back to, you know, how you're talking about collaboration. It's just been like this collaboration and this dance and, and, and the, you know, growth that, happens and the relationships you know like Matt was saying it's like here's this but the concentric circle takes us into this community here and then that takes us into the wild and 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 so there's just been this like deepening relationship over time with all those inner relationships and that and and I'm like I'll reflect and like even looking at um like we committed to being here 16 years now and I'm like there's relationships that have deepened here with the land and with the humans and the community and you couldn't think that you just have to be here long enough you know and so I'm I don't take that for granted and I like hold it precious you know it's precious to me to like feel my relationships and deepen and I'm so grateful for that I think one of my longings you know as a little kid even was like you know people who knew where they belonged and like would live in that place forever and I'm like oh, I never got that you know and and so part of that longing for home was to say yes to a place and stay there long enough to see you know trees grow and kids grow and mm. You know, we've seen kids. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is what it's oh. like to see kids grow. Yeah, I'm <laughs> right? growing too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, see our friends yeah. grow. Yeah. And, yeah, 
Yeah, and so that's a heart place, yeah. not a thought place. Yeah. And once you, you make that stand, I think it's, mm. it reminds me of what Michael Mead used to say, it's like it's the right kind of trouble. Mm. Mm. Not the yeah. wrong kind of trouble, but the right kind of trouble. And no, it's not easy. Yeah. Right. And there are times where you doubt, you feel isolated, and you, is, are things ever going to change? But then you look over time and they do. And different from you, for me personally, I think if we play, you know, within the archetypes of initiation, and so through, in a way, I'm, as I look over it now, threshold it is easing out in, on a, just having finished all the major foundational buildings here, yeah. green, greenhouse house, like for me personally, like now I'm finding, oh, well, what's next? I, in some parts, part of me right now doesn't know what to do with mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sort of looking around but and trying different things. And so I do feel like I'm outside of the threshold on that note. Yeah. Right. 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 And so now, now that we've created the foundation, what do we do with this place? What does it want? What do you, not, yeah, not so much what we want. What is, you know, can we sense that, you know, what we did all this for and so on. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's maybe a good way to go into our just wrap up, but um, yeah. what, what have those conversations been like lately? Yeah. Well, I feel like, yeah, that they have us um, as far as, um, I mean, we, we, when we built our house, even we're like, this is for more than us, mm. you know, this is, I mean, we can live in a tent <laughs> and so just that curiosity of like you know like why you know just this curiosity and also this real sense of like we need to have this for others you know like um right the, like even during the pandemic it's like we're we're sanctuary you know mm -hmm. and, and it was this sense like people would come and they could just rest and they could just you know look at the sky and have that space and so there's this curiosity around you know who comes in and you know and there's um like i teach classes here a lot and um and that's what's and happening more and yeah, more people are showing up yeah um, more people show up yeah. and i have yeah people that show up to help in the garden you know there's just this feeling of you know the communal space yeah and, and not because we're yeah. marketing in any traditional no. <laughs> way right, right. just kind of feel the dream up. style you yeah. know people that they will i mean we yeah. have you know yeah. we have friends that you know now yeah. are able to live here part-time which is you know like that's an offering and a, and a gift to us we have yeah people you know just from constant word of mouth coming in for her um, plant medicine and holistic health classes and everything you know and then um, you know, then through my dream work, it's really interesting, which I do online, by the way, you know, it's like people are really interested in, they get more interested in my lifestyle sometimes than the dreams. And I'm like, suddenly like, <laughs> well, what work am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, so it's like, so that's fascinating. And that's the direction I'm going in now. It's like, oh, you mean this isn't normal, you know? <laughs> Because when you do it every day, even if you grew up in an urban area, it seems pretty normal, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, but I, you know, but Constance and I are mm -hmm. certainly aware enough to know that, whoa, this is way off the edge of the map for a lot of people. But 
it's not. <laughs> That's the thing, <laughs> you know. It's like it's just it's just. I mean, it's just what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, that, in reality, it's what everyone was doing. Yeah. Until relatively recently, you know, like all the systems we have in place now with our modern ability to, you know, free up people's time to do their passion projects or whatever mm -hmm. they're doing, as opposed to hacking it out in the in the yard, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but it is interesting. I mean, even for me, just being here the last few days, and as much as I desire, and actually grew up on a small farm, and decided mm -hmm. to get back to it, mm -hmm. it's been so. Like literally when that windstorm came through just like an hour ago and I was out there in the tent and it was just rattling, but it was such uh you know, for me, it, I immediately, just because of the fact, yeah, I'll just talk about my experience here for a second. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> That's what we want to hear. Um, you know, I feel like so much of my nature connection journey is, um, uh, it's like, it's surrounded by modernity and urbanity, right? Mm. That's that's where I spend most of my time and it's super frustrating, super painful. Mm. And I have to really just reach out and go and get these pockets, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's how it's been for a long time. I'm slowly changing that. <clears throat> and I get really filled up. I have a lot of, you know, a lot of longing comes up when I get myself out, just like, oh. Mm -hmm. And um, and coming out here, and so and I guess, it's like I, I don't really nature becomes much much more metaphorical in that world because mm. I'm always trying to oh. link what I'm getting in nature to how it's mm. expressing not in nature mm -hmm. you know so I can just that's how I stay connected to the metaphor whereas right. being here for a few days just like we were saying we were walking into that canyon yesterday what was like a what five or six hour day yeah you know and and this part of Utah is so amazing just going down to that canyon, going in, I just couldn't stop. Like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. You know, let me get down there and it's amazing. And then it's getting hot, you know, we're getting tired, it's time to leave. And then we're walking out and I'm, I'm just not looking around at all. But it's not because I'm bored or just like over it. It's it's literally like I, I was saying to Matt, it's like I've been reabsorbed. You know, right. it's like cool. the this sense of, you know, hmm. as humans, we have this idea, they have this sense of separation that can really become distinct. Like I'm, that is that thing and I'm my thing. And what I really liked about being out here is I just start to feel reincorporated, you mm -hmm. know, just reintegrated into, you know, getting out of the metaphorical understanding of like, I am nature, you know, into the more of experiencing like I am nature, like this all feels right. so, you know, like familial, you know, just look around at everything right. and just walking through the path to the tent from the house and the grass and hearing the crickets. And even that wind was just sort of like, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to like interpret the wind. It was just like, ah, the wind. And I was just letting it influence my emotional, spiritual physicality without trying to process it, you know, right. into, into some kind of meaning. It was just mm -hmm. like, yeah. wow, I feel this right now. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. It becomes like from an ideal to just reality or what yeah. I like to call a feral knowing, which I mean, feral knowing, from, love it. Yeah. you know, it's like something in you knows. Yeah. And so it doesn't need that degree of ideation separation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to say it. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely have picked that up just in the, you know, two and a half days I've been here. And um, I was... Uh, Sure, I was leaving a message for a friend earlier and I was saying how I'm embracing 
myself. <laughs> uh, just having been on the road for a month and driving through so much amazing country and getting to stop off with friends who are living on property and close to the land. And, um, and I'm just like, oh my God, how much longer can I, uh, you know, put up with, <laughs> Right. you know, which I, I know underneath it's actually a good thing. Cause I know I'm getting pushed to my edge, um, to, to, you know, to take the leap, whatever that looks like, at least to just put myself fully available. Like I'm fully available. Just show me where to go and I'll do it. No, 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 uh, you know, no clauses, you know, right. <laughs> about whether I will or not. So, but you know, whether you're in place mm -hmm. or you're a wandering butterfly, you know, pollinating as right. you go, the, Nature has different roles for us in mm. different seasons of our life too. So it's hard to have faith in that. I mean, part of me misses sometimes the butterfly, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, having made a claim on a place or a place making a claim on us. But yeah. I think it's just important for anyone out there to be open to all the different ways that we work, whether we're inside the halls of power. I put that in quotes because yeah. for me, nature's <laughs> the power, but we're outside, right? Yeah. And just, and. well, um, I definitely understand the bracing and, and something that um, I offer to my students who live in urban areas and that is, and I know you know this because you do all your nature connection work in that, but I'll, you know, speak it to Please. you so that you're getting <laughs> ready to <laughs> brace is yeah. like nature's there too, you know? And, and so what is it to um, sit in your sit spot or your medicine circle mm. and, and create space and listen? And it's fascinating, like when you actually pause and look and listen, it's like nature's just all around us, mm. you know? And so to um, just want to support you and your returning that, you know, to bring that to bring that with you like and and then when you feel that bracing like use it as a opportunity to pause mm. and be like okay actually let's just breathe look around oh you know beautiful tree you know mm -hmm. or beautiful bird passing through and and so i think the the bracing um is a story that we start creating you know and it creates tension in our body and it's like what if i pause and open to my senses and see that it's all here. Yeah, yeah no, I appreciate that yeah. reminder for sure. That's good because I have, because mm. that's a word I don't usually, I'm surprised I heard myself say it on the message. I'm like, when's the last time I, I, last time I used that word? Right, you know? like me using industrious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's interesting how words, yeah. you know, and, I, I, and I've been cultivating this like, yeah, mm. embracing, embracing. And mm. so that's, helpful to just yeah. kind of break the spell mm -hmm. of words you know mm -hmm. so, yeah i appreciate that mm -hmm. yeah well or you um, could stay or i could stay <laughs> you yeah. could stay, I could stay. Like, so <laughs> maybe i'll be back real soon <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well thanks so much for yeah. spending some time and just talking about all this you know, it's really beautiful mm -hmm. to be here and to see what you guys have made and collaborated with on the land and with each other yeah. so yeah. Thank you for giving yeah. us a chance to express and yeah. find out what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, when this yeah. gets posted, you'll have to listen to it and be like, <laughs> kind of take notes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, wow.
What did I say? <laughs> no, it's good. Thank you so much. All right, a great big thank you to Matt and Constance. Um, hey, I really enjoyed hanging out with them for a few days uh, on their, uh, their uh, rewilding project out there. Um, wow, what, what a beautiful place. What a great couple to be around. And it's so inspiring just to see, um, you know, two people who are, are really uh, going all the way back, trying to find out just what does it mean to be a human connected to this planet in such a deep way so uh super enthusiastic about what they're doing out there and i can't wait to get out there and see you guys again uh, maybe towards the end of summer i would love it maybe i can help you guys bring in some of the veggies for the fall harvest um, but again thanks to matt and constance and the beautiful land of utah and uh, and that's it uh thank you so much for tuning in um you know if uh you like what you hear on the uh the rising man podcast uh, segments you should know by now that uh, hitting the like button or subscribing or writing a review on whatever uh, streaming platform you're listening to this on really helps um, modulate the uh, the math out there that kind of gets the stuff in front of the people who are looking for it. So, you know, if you like what you're getting, uh, do your part. Just take a minute and um, and uh, help us out and help, help this message get to other men who uh, are out there trying to find it. So... Uh, again, risingman.org. Check it out. So many beautiful offerings for uh, men with hearts and courage and vision to uh, step into this world and, uh, and to help keep it upright and going forward so we can serve um, our sons and daughters and grandchildren and nieces and nephews. You know, that's what we're doing this for, really. Tune in next time. And until then, find out who you are inside by getting outside. I'm Sean Berry. I'll see you next time.